0: Hey guys, welcome to our coffee with Alan time today. Um, sorry we missed last week's uh, coffee, and this one's a little late. Um, but I just wanted to I wanted to talk today about um, love, love for the church, love for God's people um, in the church, and um, <coughs> you know, th- th- there's a lot to this. It seems like such a like such as an easy kind of a simple thing. You'll love one another, love people in the church, you'll go to church, and you know, it's like what. Well, and, and for, for many, it's like, okay, we go to church on Sunday morning, and maybe like a Bible study. So how do we how do we love people? How do we love one another um, in the church? How do I love someone on a Sunday morning? Like you know, greeting them, saying hi, giving them a smile, like simple things. And those are all, all those are all great things. Um, but what about the love that actually costs us? Because true love really does cost us. It costs us time. It costs us energy. Uh, it costs us emotion um, to truly to truly love someone um, so uh, like we talked about so that, that word love you know uh, that word agape right is this uh, this phrase that means the steadfast devotion to them this preference of someone um, over and above your own desires um, and so as we think about this this concept of love I think it's, it's illustrated in Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 it says this um, Hold on a couple couple of one and two. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourself so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. In this way you you will fulfill the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ? What did Christ say? This is my law. This is my command. What did he say? Love one another. Be steadfastly devoted to one another. Um, serve one another. Uh, it, it's the, you know, the, it's not this you know trying to be great in the kingdom of heaven, like trying to have control and power in the church and dominate over people. You know, Jesus said, you know, the the, the Gentiles do that stuff. The Gentiles do that garbage. They they try to elevate themselves within the power structure in order to have the power, to have the prestige. He's like, it shouldn't be that way among you. You know, cut that out. Cut that crap out. Um, love one another. Serve one another. If you if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God go and be a servant, go and be the bond, bond servant, go and be the slave of your brothers, wash their feet, serve, you know, wait upon them, serve them drinks, serve them food, like be the one that is the servant of all, not trying to be the, the domination, the domineering uh, person among the church. Um, and we, we see this as play, this played out, this, this intention, this devotion uh, in first John, uh, where he says, uh, where he says this. You know, First John, uh, chapter three, verse starting in verse eleven. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. You should love one another. There it is again. Unlike Cain, who was the of the evil one and murdered his brother, and why did he murder him? Be, why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters as evidence of this this evidence that you have been transformed by the by the blood of Christ by the, the the empowering of the holy spirit that you love the brothers and sisters in the church the one who does not love remains in death everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him this is how we have come to know love he laid down his life for us we should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters if anyone has this has this world's goods and sees a, a fellow brother, a fellow believer in need but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. This is this is great. So this verse really kind of came to my mind the other day. I was I was searching for for another verse and this verse came up. And and, and just read it and I was like, "Wow, this is powerful." And, and then it came, it came up again, like I was, I was scanning through and it just, it came out again. He says this, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows all things. Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and, and receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commandments and do what is pleasing in his sight. Um, and he says, you know, now this is his command that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as, as he commanded us. Again, those are the only two commands that Jesus ever gave. Um, we'll talk about more, but we can talk about that at a later date, but those are the, the two commandments. This is the two commandments that Jesus gave his disciples over and over and over again, believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, uh, the Father, um, and love one another as He commanded us. The one who keeps His commands remains in Him, and He in Him. And the way we know that He, that he remains in us is from the Spirit uh, He has given us. Um, and so, how do we, re- you know, this this concept of, of remaining I mean, not in Him, and it's, just, it's not this, like, remaining in Him as though you can, like, have your salvation and lose your salvation. It's this as if we have to live in fear that we might lose our salvation if we if we slip up and do something wrong right that's not what he's talking about he's talking about you know dwelling with it with us and ha- and have in this, this fellowship it's basically like this is the evidence that you know that, that you know that you know that you love your brothers and sisters in church in, in, in the church in christ um now i'm not just talking about like in in the big gathering on a sunday morning but i'm talking about you know even the church like being able to provide opportunities for relationship for us to have opportunities to love one another that's why you know Ephesians 4 talks about you know the, the work of, of the ministers and ministries you know minister lead, ministry leaders like these uh, prophets and and Apostles and evangelists and preachers and teachers all these positions all these people that God has raised up and called in the church do this for the equipping of the Saints for the work of ministry and, and so the work of ministry is done is played out is manif- made manifest in these other elements, Um, like we talked about in our home church on, on Monday night, um, this, um, they devoted themselves. What did the church devote themselves to as a community of faith? They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, um, to the, to the preaching and the teaching of of the word, uh, of the truth of the gospel, the prophecy from God uh, saying this, thus saith the Lord to the church. Um, The the apostles teaching and the breaking of bread into fellowship and the prayers. To a fellowship breaking bread and praying together it's this you devote yourself to growing in, in knowledge and growing and hearing from the Lord uh, in, in, a, in a teaching in an apostolic setting and then you go and you live that out you go and you share life with one another and you go and you bear one another's burdens you carry one another's burdens um, and so what is one of the one of the most amazing gifts that we've been given in the church uh, there's, this, there's a phrase that, that we've that, uh, <laughs> that I learned a while back in seminary. It's called pastoral li- pastoral listening. Um, and so it's it's not just for pastors. It's 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 a pastoral listening. I'm talking about it being a pastoral concept, but really it's just a loving disposition. It's this loving posture of listening. And what that means is, as you're as you're having a conversation, you sit down with someone, and here's there's the first one. You have to create a setting where you have a conversation, be it around a table f- over a meal, over a coffee, right? Like watching a video and commenting on a video isn't this isn't the fullness of a, of a relationship? Isn't the fullness of a conversation? Um, maybe you, like you 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 listen to this as kind of the apostles' teaching, right? Um, you know, not, I'm not trying to call, call myself an apostle. I'm just saying apostolic. Setting, teaching, you know, explaining the Word of God, uh, teaching and equipping the saints with with the message of, of the Bible. Um, so we have this this setting where you learn, and then you can go and have a discussion. You go and talk about life. Just go and talk about about. Uh, get, enter into this this setting where you're able to have a conversation. Um, like like right, right, right behind right now, there like in, in front behind the camera right now, there's a group of of, of gentlemen that is sitting at a table and talking. Right there's some people over to my left that are sitting at a table and they're talking over coffee. Invite one another to coffee. Invite one another to lunch. Go and have create a setting of conversation and, and communication. And what does this mean? Past you know pastoral listening. Right. You're listening for opportunities to speak into something. You're you're li- maybe listening to the wholeness of the of the fullness of the conversation. Like I just had a conversation, um, you know, with with a, a, a close friend of mine here at, at Mazevo. And, uh, and he was saying, I, I heard this, I've heard this so far in our conversation, you've been talking about this and this, but you haven't talked about this. Um, and it gave me an opportunity to say, yeah, you're right, I was thinking about that the whole time. Um, as this, you know, I've been wrestling between these things, you know, but you're right, I, I didn't talk about that, so let me talk about that. And, and, enter, and help you know, let you enter into these areas of my life. Think about this, topics of conversation are areas where you are inviting the listener into this part of your life and the same thing like when the other person is talking to you treat it as an opportunity that they are inviting you into a certain area of your of their life and so because they're inviting you in you have full permission to ask questions you have full and full permission to to maybe ask better questions or hey can you talk a little bit more about that you, you said this and so here's the thing about pastoral living um, pastoral listening is uh, is this listening first, First, listening to the person, listening to hearing, hearing what are they saying and what is it saying about them? Um, and how can I enter into that area of their life? Um, you know, they talked a lot about how busy they were, busy they were here, busy they were here. And one of the things that my, my friend, you know, really pointed out is like, hey, I feel led to ask you, do you have a time where you really just sit down, you do nothing, you close the books, you close, close up everything and you just sit. You just sit with God and and spend like say 15 minutes you spend 15 minutes in prayer you're know, spending time with God and I was, you know, I, you know, I don't have that as a part of my daily routine Wow I never thought of that you know I, I, I spend time here and there I mean you know I spend time as I'm reading the Bible in the morning and I might spend a couple you know, a few minutes and then having conversation with Amberlynn in the morning and you're like wow I, I don't have that daily routine that daily ritual of that 15 minutes just sitting with God, and you know, putting all these different things that I'm that I am wrestling with on the table, and asking God, "What do you think, God?" Having a conversation with Him about it, like, "Hey, God, show me Your heart for this." Hey, God, show me Your desire for this. Or, God, hey, what about this? You know, you, it seems like You keep bringing this into, into my mind. Is it You, or is it a distraction? You know, wrestling with these things with God, and again, setting the table for You to have a conversation with God, to invite Him into areas of your life. And he is inviting you into areas of his life, having that conversation with God um, through opening up his word, through prayer, through just sitting in silence with him in in meditation on his word, in in meditation on, on his character, spending time in the presence of God. And oftentimes it just involves just sitting, being silent, not, not, you know, maybe maybe might need to throw some music on or just sit in silence. You know, go drive somewhere pick up your coffee and just sit and have coffee with God in the morning um, you know sit at your table sit you know sit wherever you are stand walk go walk go for a walk you know in the morning for 15 minutes and just spend time with God you know inviting him into your life inviting him into, into situations and, and allowing God to invite you into His his life into his situations um, and listen to him speak over different areas of your life um, and that's what we're talking about, like, you know, it's, it's looking for these areas where there's more information to be, to be divulged into, uh, as we call them, entry gates, right? You know, listening for an entry gate into, the, into a person's life, in you know, listening to what they're saying and maybe even listening to what they're not saying, and maybe asking for more clarification in certain areas, to be able to enter into certain areas of each other's life. You know it, it, and then this is the whole concept of discipleship discipleship is growing discipleship is re, is revelation um, transformation is about revelation like when you have a revelation you can therefore do something about it um either by you even listening to someone else like talk about their story and you're realizing in your own life oh they're talking a lot about this and man i'm really inspired by that man this is a revelation that i don't do this or hey this is a revelation that i do do this and so i'm a great I'm on a good path, this is wonderful, this is awesome. Or, man, I need to make make a few changes. I'm mean, i really inspired by the way that they talk about that, the way that they do this or that. And so that's a revelation that maybe of of an area that you wanna see grow in your life. And and this is also that carrying each other's burdens. When you have a burden, being able to lay it out there on the table and, and invite someone into that burden. Invite people into your burdens, you guys. Invite people into your burdens. Be a burden on people because they want to be. Just to, giving each other an opportunity to bear one another's burdens. Oftentimes, you know, I think in many of our lives we're like, "Oh, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a burden. Oh, I don't want to, you know, be this or that. In, you know, this perception or this perspective of this, and in so, in so and so's life. You know, I'm that needy person that's always needing someone. Be that person." You need it, you need, something. you need a conversation, you need love, you need someone to carry your burdens with you, reach out to your brothers or sisters in Christ. That's why we're here with one another. That's, the whole, that's one of the main purposes of the church is to bear one another's burdens because we're gonna be hated by this world, we're gonna be hated by the people because that's the culture. But it's, it's this, we, the culture of the church, the culture of the kingdom of God is a culture of bearing one another's burdens, of being willing to be a burden on someone. Um, and someone else being willing to carry that person as you know carry that person's burdens taking that opportunity to uh, to invite you know to, to, to say yes to God's invitation uh, to be a catalyst for for, for, for growth and, and, and transformation in someone else's life to bear someone's burdens that's an opportunity not a burden in your life that you're like oh I just I just want to stop carrying people's burdens. I just want to care about myself. That's antithesis to who we are as the church. The antithesis to, to, to our identity as, as brothers and sisters in Christ is to say, I'm my own island, I'm my own person, I don't care about you, I don't care about others, I just wanna go and, and participate in the church for my own benefit, for me to build me up, treating the church as more of a self-help you know, counseling or self-help um, uh, lectures and inspirational speeches about how can I make my life better Versus, how can I engage in relationship in the church? How can I bear the burdens of my bro- of my brothers and sisters? How can I love others? How can I engage to serve others? Because again, to quote Jesus, you know, the ones who are greatest in the kingdom of heaven are those who who serve others, who see themselves as a servant of the brother of the brethren of the brothers and sisters in, in, in the church, and and uh, and so it's. You want to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You you want to be remain in, in Christ? You want to remain and abide in, in Jesus and his spirit and abide in you? Again, not again, not as a threat to, that he might take it away, but this is what it means to dwell in him and for him to dwell in you and his Holy Spirit to dwell upon you and for the Holy Spirit to stir out of you is to stir this love for the brothers and sisters in, in, in the church. Um, and so, again, that word... Yeah, as, as, hatred is not this animosity, this like you know i don't hate you, I don't hate, I'm gonna like you know sw- you know squish you, squish you, this strife, this malice, this this maliciousness toward them. That's not what hatred in the Bible means. Hatred in the Bible is the basically it's just simply the opposite of agape. So you have this steadfast devotion to someone else versus you have this steadfast devotion to self. You have this this you know instead of it being a steadfast devotion to others you have a steadfast devotion away from others that's what hatred means it's, you know you hate you hate the brothers is basically simply saying you have a love for yourself and a love for isolation um now there's don't, don't get me wrong i'm not calling you 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 know you introverted folks you know isolationists and hating the brothers um you know but but just simply that that willingness to engage and I, many of you i know you, you're introverted but you love the church you love to pour out Uh, On on others in the church, right? Um, It's just maybe that people suck energy from you versus they give you energy like they do me like people give me energy, right? Um, That's why I come to coffee shops uh, to do my work because people being around people gives me energy even even if I'm not talking to them and so But overall, the the devotion, that love for the people in the church, that love and steadfast devotion in a relational setting, again, they devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching so that they would know how to break bread with one another and have fellowship and to stir one another up to love and good works in the church, to listen to one another, to carry one another's burdens, um, and and to, to build up the church in love, it says in Ephesians 4. Um, so I, I pray that, that that would be an inspiration that you're that the ideal wheels are spinning in your mind how can I do this more how can I engage more how can I invite someone else to dinner and how can I practice pastoral listening so hope this has been an encouragement for you guys and I hope this has given you some ideas to to press into so love you guys we will see you next time bye